You're listening to Ice Town Clowns, a podcast reviewing every episode of NBC's Parks and Recreation. I'm Katie. I'm Jacob. And I just wish that we still had the fourth season to talk about. I <laughs> know, same. <laughs> so, this is our palate cleanser episode in between season four and five. Um, if somehow you are listening to this but haven't listened to the rest of the seasons, we do this in between every season. We've picked different shows to talk about. Um, but this time, we've decided to go through some other campaigns in other TV shows. And the way that we have come up to do this is essentially we are gonna go in a draft order and each one of us is going to pick a campaign from a TV show and talk about it a little, why it's good or why it's bad or why it means something to us or I don't know, none of those things, but we're gonna talk about it. And then if we, uh, if somebody used yours, then you can't use that one and you have to name another one and we'll go through it until we've either run out or hit a time limit that we know you all are not paying attention anymore. All right. Oh, so we're going to be done in like 10 minutes? <laughs> I mean, I, I know we have like a real number, but, you know, yes. we'll see. Okay. Uh, all right. So, Kirk, you won the very difficult contest of eeny, meeny, miny, mo, And that means you get to go first. All right. So I would like to start by picking an iconic television show about politics. Maybe the show that inspired the writers of Parks and Rec to make politics such a big part of this show, perhaps a show you listen to a weekly podcast about. I'm going to pick a campaign from the West Wing, but I'm going to pick Jed Bartlett's 2002 re-election campaign mm -hmm. and argue that it is a badly presented campaign on television Ooh. that is not how campaigns actually work. Uh, what a take. <laughs> In this campaign, okay, so everybody knows the sixth and seventh season of West Wing is all about the Santos campaign, and it's, it's something that campaign staffers watch over and over and over again to get ourselves sort of fired up. Probably not the kids that are running campaigns nowadays, you know, get off my lawn. But um, the literally, 2002... Literally get off my lawn. Put the sign there and then get off my lawn. Um, the 2002 Bartlett campaign is told in a different way because the show is about the White House staff. And so the campaign is happening around the staff, but it's not ever the full central focus of lots of episodes of the show. Um, and in this campaign, we see Bartlett go around and give some speeches. We see the White House President's staff. speeches. Yes, speeches as president. Um, we see the White House staff sort of supporting the campaign and working with the campaign in ways that sort of fudge the lines on what is or isn't legal for executive branch people to do. Like Sam is writing speeches he probably shouldn't be writing. They're actually having meetings in the West Wing with campaign staff officials to discuss mail strategy in early voting primary states and things of that nature. It's it's all a bit strange. My problems with it is that a lot like Parks and Rec, they throw elements of politics into the campaign like polling in ways that don't make sense. Like early on at the start of the season, I believe it's the fourth season when the campaign comes to a head, um, Bartlett is like leading by one point in his internal polls, leading by one point. It's a super tight race the entire way, all the way up. To the, uh, to the final debate, or the, actually the only debate, there's this huge like rigmarole about negotiating a debate, and Bartlett gets out there, and in the way that all of us wish could be true, he delivers, a amazing, he delivers an amazing debate performance that totally changes the dynamic of the race, and a week later, he doesn't just win re-election, he wins with like a 10-point majority, <laughs> he wins North and South Dakota, he sweeps parts of the country the Democrats have never won before, and they actually forget this in the later seasons when they're talking about, uh, 
like no one's won this state and no Democrats won this state in decades in like season six, season seven, when they actually mentioned Bartlett winning those states in the 2002 election. And it's just it's 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 like so much that Sorkin writes. It is high fantasy politics. And it's just it is not how it works. Don't don't forget it's a lonely landslide somehow too while oh, yeah. winning the fucking <laughs> yes. Dakotas. He wins the Dakotas and by ten points and doesn't pick up either House of Congress. <laughs> Crime, boy, I don't know. Oh yeah. Also, yes, like the the and somebody may bring up the later election in the West Wing, which has some really strong characters on both sides of the campaign, but the two thousand two opponent Richie is just a caricature. Of George W. Bush, it 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 is entirely fantasy wish casting by the part of the writers of the West Wing, and that is why I would argue it is not a well presented campaign on television. Counterpoint: Walken would have won. Yes. <laughs> when he decides to run at the end of season two, and the oh, yeah. storm blows in, and he walks into the press room, and Dire Straits is playing, and he puts his hands in his pockets is so good that I don't care about any of the things you just said. Oh, I love the episode. It's just not a well-presented TV show no, I know. version I totally of the campaign. Agree. I was going to... This was, unsurprisingly, also on my list, even though I knew you guys would get to it before me. And I uh, fully intended on making those exact same points if I got to bring it up. Now, Katie, is that the best use of brothers in arms in a tv show ever or is it second best it's the best it's the best okay put the americans as second best but it is a there it is razor thin margin like that show needs that song needs to be retired from tv shows if anybody else ever tries to use it i will never watch that tv show like it should never have been tried again and yet the americans somehow pulls it off uh, I like can't even think about that song. Like, <laughs> <sighs> okay, all right, Jacob, your turn. Uh, Unless well, you have more to say. Oh, no, I, I don't. Look, uh, I didn't, I didn't expect that one to go number one. Um, I had a, something else lined up to go number two, but I, I, you know, I can't. You know what? I'm gonna do it. Katie's gonna get. Katie's gonna get the 06 election. I'm taking the final season of Veep's election. (laughs) Like, you know what? I'm gonna stick to my instincts. It's what I had on my draft board. It's what we wanted. The speech that Selena Meyer gives to Tom James' assistant uh, (laughs) when attempting to convince her to turn on James belongs carved in marble near Lincoln's <laughs> second inaugural. It is so good, and it is a show that understands so much about politics. Now, there's going to be some counterpoints here that Kirk's going to come with, because, look, this only works if there's one contrarian, and unfortunately you guys get both Kirk and I. Do the politics of Selena flipping on marriage equality make any sense? No. Do the politics of many of the things that happen in this final season of Veep make any logical sense? Does Veep understand how partisan politics work? Not in the fucking slightest. But Veep gets the character and personality of candidates and campaigns dead accurate. And I will argue... It's the defense that Joss Whedon uses of the final episode of Buffy. Do we have to retcon some stuff here to make the character work over the actual technical storytelling? Yes. But the character work here is perfect. The sacrifices that Selena is willing to make, the sacrifices that her staff are or aren't willing to make, are perfect. And honestly... um, Kent's speech to Selena about not picking <laughs> Jonah and fuck the numbers. I like there are moments from that final season that will hang with me forever as any time I think about campaigns. Um you know what? Maybe I maybe the 06 West Wing deserves to be higher, but honestly this uh, this final season of Veep will hang with me as much as anything. I yeah, I loved the last season of Veep. I thought that 
It was such a perfect descent into madness and darkness for Selena. And I love that, it, you know, I guess spoilers for Veep, right? I love that the very I mean, spoilers end, for any show we talk uh, about here, I guess. At the very end of the last episode, there's a subtle jab in that she doesn't win a second term. Yeah. Right? Right. She, she loses. She wins in 2020, but she loses in 2024. So you got to love that. And... The way that she progressively sold out everyone around her on her climb to the top is, I think, cynically how a lot of people think politics works. I mean, in truth, if you do that to the people around you who've been with you, you end up without anybody working for you, and it all falls apart. But for Selena, it really worked, and I agree, Jacob. It was it was not a very accurate ideological campaign, as Veep often wasn't, but it was definitely right in a lot of ways I, I, I look I, the the is it the second episode of this season at the retreat um where is it kimmy uh is yeah. the other woman who emerges as a real candidate there are a lot there are i mean i think the day after that episode aired the three of us just tweeted lines from it or texted <laughs> lines from it at each other for like 30 minutes <laughs> so, some of which i can't repeat but they are it, it is so smart and funny and ruthless um that i want i want this show on my team all right so i'm i'm going to i'm going to leave the sixth and seventh season of West Wing, because I don't think it's fair for me, the non-campaign staffer, to talk about it. So I'm leaving it on the board. Um, and I am going to talk about a show that neither of you watch, <laughs> because I have a reason. Um, and so the show is called The Bold Type. It's not even a CW show. It's on a network called Freeform that used to be ABC Family. <laughs> and... It's a show about three, like, mid-20-somethings who work at a magazine that's obviously supposed to be Cosmopolitan magazine. And Jan from The Office, I mean, that actress, obviously not the character, is the, like, Miranda Priestly character, except that she's, like, very, very nice and supportive. And the show, I, I saw a review of it recently that described it as, like, a woke fantasy world, which is very true. Anyway, in this most recent season, one of the characters who's the social media manager um, for this magazine decides she's going to take on her town, like the New York um, state representative in her area because he's shutting down all the gay bars in where she lives. And so she meets the candidate who's running against him, and that candidate is like really cool but doesn't is not good at like talking to young people and so she drops out of the race and then cat jumps into the race and it's all ridiculous but it's actually they do an okay job of trying to be somewhat accurate about campaign things so there's you know her pressure to do call time and she's knocking doors and they you know show her encountering people that are you know not that friendly when she knocks doors and one episode she gets the police called on her because she's black and she's in a white neighborhood and it this is the the woke fantasy part that they're sort of talking about but anyway and then she doesn't win so she's kind of this presented throughout the season as this like AOC figure and she loses and then in the finale of this episode or this season was sort of dealing with the like shame that she feels for having taken money from a lot of her friends and you know not being able to like do these things that she talked about anyway it's kind of silly but it actually presented a lot of sides of campaigning that hasn't gotten a lot of media attention because as younger people look to AOC and other people run for something and they're getting involved it was actually showing hey, this is kind of what this is like. You will have to call people that you know and ask them for money and you'll have to knock on doors and then you might not win. Not everything is going to be like, you know, these TV shows or like Parks and Rec where Leslie wins by, 
you know, 11 votes or whatever after a recount, it's hard work that, you know, you have to keep at. Anyway, so I know you guys can't add to this because you've never seen this show and nor should do watch it. But <laughs> uh, if you happen to already watch it or enjoy shows on Freeform, then, you know, it's a it's a good look at things. Okay, the end. You're up next. I know, I know. So we're snake drafting, which means you guys get to hear from me again. Um, so my next one, come, at least Jacob can chime in on this one. No, yeah, both of you? I don't know. Anyway, in a later season of Gilmore Girls, mm-hmm. Jackson, a minor character uh, who's married to Sookie the chef, um, runs for town selectman. Am I right about that, yep. Jacob? Okay. Select person. A- select person, yes, thank you. And uh, I don't remember much about the campaign at all. What I remember and why I put it on my list is that once he wins, like, either in the same episode or it's a running gag they do in future episodes, he very quickly realizes that once you win a campaign... You have to actually be the elected official, and then you have to solve people's problems, and everyone comes to you with their problems, even their tiny little, like, I need a permit for this. There's a pothole, you know, on my street, et cetera, et cetera. And that has always been very humorous to me. And maybe, Jacob, you remember aspects of the campaign that I don't, but... There's there's not a lot to it. Um, it becomes apparent very quickly uh, that he's going to win. Uh, and so I think, does Lorelai vote against him out of sympathy for... Uh, oh, I, I think, yeah, he doesn't wh- want to win once... Yes, I think wh- that's right. What's the other character's name? I don't know. I... I don't- that is, it like, he's a major character. Of the oh, Grump Taylor. Every, Taylor. Yeah, Taylor. Taylor. Like, right. I forgot Taylor's name. Um, what a generic late 90s television character name. Yes. Taylor. Yeah, he, he, he is. Uh, and uh, it becomes apparent that he has only had the job. He's only won re-election a bunch of times because he's the only one that wanted the gig, which is kind of the joke Jackson gets let in on at the end of the episode and, and going forward. There's not a lot to the campaign, um, but uh, yeah, no, Katie has summarized it accurately. Cool. All right. Anything else? Go. Nope. That's it. Back uh, to you, well, the 06 presidential is sitting there. It's falling. You, you gotta it's, take it. It's, gotta it's take sitting. It. It's sitting in the green room with its best shirt on. Uh, it's expected to be, to be called, right? <laughs> yeah, and I have some other things that are fun here that I had wanted to pick, but we'll get to those later. I, I can't let it fall anymore. <laughs> uh, it's it's probably just the best campaign that's ever been written and done on TV. Um, and by a pretty considerable margin. Uh, We're talking about are... the West Wing 2006 presidential campaign for those listening at home who don't just know references <laughs> to years. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, I suggest you do the reading ahead of time. Uh, you're going to get more out of the lectures if you do. Um, the 2006, I mean, look. Everything from the interesting three-way primary it sets up among Santos, Hoynes, and uh, uh, Russell uh, is interesting. It, it just shows a fascinating side of politics. It is kind of the, the dream of everyone who does this, that they're just going to go pluck someone random out of congress or if they're running for a higher level out of a city council or state legislature and convince them to run for higher office and go on the how's that working eric swalwell the the relation (laughs) the relationship between i'm gonna pretend that was inserted later after i was done talking um no leave it um the uh the 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 part uh the relationship between Santos and Josh and Santos's wife and Josh and and all of it is perfect. 
Um, and that's just the Democratic side, because frankly, then Arnold Vinnick is one of the most compelling and interesting political figures that's ever been written in TV. Alan Alda is freaking perfect in the role, um, as he is in almost everything. Alan Alda is so good as the type of Republican we wish we were still running against, and maybe never were. Um, but he is so good, and the conversations between Leo and and Josh in the run-up to him running show the deep and abiding respect that you can have for the talent of the other side. It is just a phenomenally executed campaign. Yeah, to get the math of how many people in Nevada are wrong. <laughs> yeah, everybody's relying on exit polls on election day in a way that nobody really would, but... Boy, is this just a well-written election about, I think everyone who does what Kirk and I do can relate to every up and down along the roller coaster of this season and a half arc. The, uh, I think it's the next to last episode that starts out in the little front office of their jet where uh, Josh is writing out the schedule of who's going to go where and who's going to go this and that and where they're going to be landing and how many states they're going to be in. And then it's like, you know, ladies and gentlemen, the last 72 hours of the Santos campaign and underlines it, I stand up and cheer every single time. And yes, Ugh, I like get chills every time <laughs> I think about uh, all of that. No, it it's, um, it, it, it's such an iconic, it's when I, decide I'm going to do a West Wing rewatch or just like I feel like watching an episode I always have to like talk myself into watching a season besides six and seven which is kind of crazy because they're not considered the best West Wing like seasons but it's just my favorite plot lines my favorite characters Jimmy Smith's does such a good job of um being Barack Obama being Barack Obama um well yeah, go and ahead. they no, so go ahead. Please don't. I don't let me interrupt you. Uh no. I, I really I didn't have like formed thoughts. That okay. so go for it. Well, I like they deal with complicated racial politics inside right. the Democratic coalition so well. They sort of play out the I mean, the 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 way the the convention works is wrong. They use Republican delegation rules instead of Democratic ones to make it more dramatic, but just sort of the the kind of backroom dealing and wild run through things that that goes on in that show in the convention episodes is fantastic it's just it's 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 so well done and it's all done so earnestly and there's literally no villain right oh wait yeah that's and that's true. great like Ho you, you, Ho Hoynes is kind of the closest yeah Hoynes is the closest to an actual malevolent villain but when you get to the general election you want Santos to win, but it's not the end of the world if Vinick was going to win. And that's a really hard thing to do when you've built one side of the characters up for seven years and the other ones you've just introduced halfway through season six. Although, there is the the debate episode. Oh, it's, it's so bad. Bombable. It's so bad. <laughs> I do feel like we have to mention it. Oh, oh it's, it's, yeah. I mean, look, there are several episodes that you... Uh, man, I just talked like me, and I heard it because Katie pointed it out. The <laughs> everybody look, um, look the, uh, the the debate episode is an un is unforgivable. You just have to skip that one the same way that you skip the Cuba episode and basically everything not happening in the campaign. In the it, everything after Vinick and Santos show up that is not the campaign or is the debate, just skip it, guys. It's not <laughs> worth it. D don't try to be a hero. Manage the pain. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You really don't care about Bartlett's daughter's wedding, which was the major issue facing the West Wing itself during the time of that. Uh, Josh Molina. Um, but, uh... Why is there... he wearing a tux? <laughs> um, do you guys have any personal experience remember on election night how josh acts towards the staff and his uh 
congratulations speech that he gives. Maybe it's, <laughs> it's before the results have come in. It's election um, morning. It's election, election morning. morning. Yes. yes. When he starts going through all the petty little grievances that he has with the staff in his thank you speech. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look. Uh, I, I'm not great until we have results, at which point, win, lose, or draw, I'd like to think I turn into a decent person and am able to see over whatever petty grievances may exist, but yeah, I would not suggest talking to the campaign manager the last 48 hours of the campaign if you're looking for inspiration or consolence. They are... I guarantee you, losing their damn mind. Like, that doesn't matter if it's a presidential or dog catcher election. Right. Uh, yeah, no, it's just always struck me as a kind of funny, like, honest moment in the, in the episode that I enjoy. <laughs> Look, and everybody in the hotel, what is it, two nights before the election or the night before the election with the key card game? Oh, I mean, yes. that's obviously my favorite part of the whole show, but I didn't feel like we had to go down that road since, you know, this is just about the campaign oh, how but, it's presented. And, and, and this, is, this is a family is an podcast. Part. We, don't start, we don't talk about such things. Uh, fair enough. All right. Okay, uh, Kirk. Yep. All right. So the next campaign on television I'd like to talk about is one where a competent, qualified, cautious, but with a vision, female candidate runs against a populist, conspiratorial male candidate who will just tell people what they want to hear, even if his short-term solutions actually make their long-term problems much worse. I'm talking about Battlestar Galactica, when <laughs> President Laura Roslin ran for re-election of President of the Twelve Colonies against her vice president, Gaius Baltar, who built his campaign on a promise that if he was elected, he would immediately just resettle all these people who have spent the last three years fleeing the Cylons um, on this planet they found, even though the planet is only barely habitable and it'll immiserate everyone. They just want off these spaceships and he's going to give that to them. And he wins the election, even though the military led by Admiral Adama and his crew attempt to throw the election to Roslyn by commandeering ballot boxes and putting in their own ballot boxes in its place. Like nobody gets away from this with their hands clean. Uh, unfortunately, Baltar was also conspiring with the Cylons basically the entire time, and they end up invading the planet that he settles everybody on, which becomes a massive problem, and it turns actually into this allegory for the Iraq War there in the third season, except that the main characters are the terrorists trying to overthrow the powerful empire that's taken over their planet. Anyways, the election is fantastic. There's a debate that gets dragged off course, um through Baltar's sort of just willingness to say whatever he wants to win. There's Laura Roslin's constant frustrations that she's got the right plans. She knows what she's doing. She's ready for the job, but no one will give her a chance to, to keep it. And it's, it, it, gets, it gets down like they're, they're, when they're counting the votes, they're using markers, and one candidate's votes are tallied in red, and another one's are tallied in blue. It's it's really well done, and it, it really shows how a populist demagogic figure can grab the attention of a desperate populace and drive them in a bad direction. As the West Wing foretold the 2008 election, Battlestar Galactica unfortunately pointed the way to 2016. I haven't seen Battlestar. Cool. Yeah, yeah. me either. It's a fantastic show. I believe show. you. Yes. All right. So... That's one that everybody should check out. Um, the show kind of goes off the rails towards the end, but it's it's an amazing piece of work, the entire series. Um, the other show that I want to bring up, since we're snaking, is even more obscure. In 1988, HBO did a 11-episode sporadically aired miniseries produced by Robert Altman and Gary Trudeau called Tanner 88 which is a political mockumentary about a liberal 
Democratic politician who was like a, a congressman for one term or something like that, making a long shot run for the 1988 Democratic uh, presidential nomination. His campaign manager is played by Pamela Reed, who is Leslie Nope's mother in Parks and Recreation. Um, his daughter really is Cynthia good. Nixon. It is so good. The show basically, yeah. it's it it they they film this thing in and around the actual 1988 campaign. So he's out politicking in Iowa and New Hampshire and runs into Bob Dole. And, you know, all the real politicians play along like they know who this person is. Um, Pat Robertson, Jesse Jackson, Gary Hart all make appearances. Kitty Dukakis is, like, close friends with Tanner's, like, um, daughter or something like that. It's, 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 or girlfriend. It is... Really interesting. He he has a, 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 a unscripted dramatic moment in his hotel room when he's trying to explain to his staff why the fuck he's running for president when he doesn't have a chance of winning. And they record it without him knowing it and turn it into a TV ad, which effectively goes viral for 1988 and propels him actually into the race. And it ends with like this scramble at the Democratic convention where he's trying to pull delegates away from Dukakis to force an open vote on the floor. It is so well done. It is very funny. It has this absurdly catchy theme song that plays at the start of every episode. It gets the interplay, both sexual and otherwise, of campaign staffers in a desperate and struggling campaign correctly. It's it's really worth checking out. All right. Now I have Jake, two more have you seen it? to watch. Yeah, I like completely agree with everything you were saying. I don't remember it that well. It's been years since I saw it, but yeah, no, it is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, it, it is also unfortunately impossible to find. Uh, I have yeah. a DVD released by the Criterion Collection that Katie, I'd be happy to loan you. <laughs> yeah, that's weird that HBO doesn't. They tend to keep all their stuff. Some of their eighty, some of their nineteen eighty stuff, I don't think they owned the production rights to because weird. like a lot of their shows that were on in the eighties, not necessarily the news, Dream On, Tanner eighty eight, aren't on their streaming service. So I don't, I don't hmm. get it. That's weird. All right. All right, I'm gonna have uh, I'm gonna have some honorable mentions when we get to the end of this thing. Sure. I have a whole list of them. Yeah, me too. Yeah, you better not there's... take my last one, Jacob. I'm gonna be really mad. <laughs> there, there's there's too many things to mention, but um, you know I've got two of the best election writing uh, ever done, um, and so for this final pick of mine, I guess I'm gonna go the other way. Um, <laughs> There's a show from the producers of Friday Night Lights. Um, <laughs> okay, this is fine. This wasn't my last one, but I'm happy to weigh in. That is set in Berkeley, um, <laughs> a town where I went to college, a uh, town where I have many family connections to, uh, called Parenthood. And for the no, most part... That, that was a movie in the late 80s. <laughs> and, then I, and a show in the early 90s. But no, what? It, it was mid two thousands. No, no. There's a show that oh. failed the first time. Really? Oh. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. No. The second attempt at the show caught. The first one didn't. Sure. Um. So it uh it uh the 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 <laughs> yes I didn't think that the show we all watched in 2014 <laughs> had been set anyway. Parenthood has. Parenthood does small storylines well, um, and uh, Adam and Christina Braverman and their son Max. Uh, it is a uh, and and his his dealing with Aspergers is a very well done story over the course of many seasons. What is less well done is when Christina Braverman decides to run for mayor of Berkeley, having against this guy she used to work with, uh, Bob Little, who's, uh, I guess, a city councilman now who had just gotten elected, um, who is played by the same guy who plays the weird antagonist in the final season of Justified. He just looks like a villain. Right. Um, <laughs> there's also a plot line where he has, like, almost hooked up with with Christina's niece. It's oh, God, a, I forgot about that. It. That's not good. What is so bad is everything about every decision that is made in how they write this election. Christina does no call time, no fundraising. They just send Adam to raise money from a rich and famous rapper at one point who he has done business with in a weird 
completely unethical version of this. He, uh, it, like, everything about the decisions Christina makes in her campaign, it is guilty of that same somehow they're paying for lots of polling sin that many campaigns are. We bring in a campaign manager who had worked for Barack Obama's reelect, who what? just shows up out of nowhere to run Christina's campaign for mayor. And honestly, I don't even know how to describe everything that is wrong with it because it is the epitome of every typical sin that TV shows do about campaigns. Uh, but done to the nth degree. We just forget that the campaign is going on for episodes at a time and then come back to it. And then in the end, we're all shocked that she loses. Katie, <laughs> back me up here on kind of how off the rails this was. Yeah, I mean, I, I do not remember tons of details. I do remember that while it was happening, once a week, Jacob and I would just send each other a flurry of text messages <laughs> like, what... How can this be? I'm going to stop watching this show. I don't think I can handle it anymore. Uh, so I, I remember being appalled by it at the time. Um, it, it She loses, which is good because it's <laughs> very clear that like partway through the writers were like, oh, we got to pull out of this and could not figure out how to do it. She... She then opens a, out of nowhere, opens a school for special oh needs God. children I forgot. Um, that, like, uh, with developmental disabilities it yeah. is, oh my God, everything about the back half of her storyline after they do the cancer survivor right. stuff right. It's bad. is yeah. just abominable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They you really couldn't need... figure out. You don't need licenses or approvals to open up a school for special need kids. You can do that over a week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, she's got a sister who's a lawyer who is (laughs) sleeping with the headmaster of the, or like one of the teachers they want to bring in. Like, it is. But her sister's also kind of been disbarred. I like, I don't know. The whole thing is insane. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all crazy. It's, but it is, Jacob, you're right. It is an example of TV kind of trying to get at some of the emotion that, like, the West Wing showed us could come from campaigns, but just having only that fluff and literally none of the substance behind it yep. and just failing miserably it's not even enjoyable to watch like (laughs) to what kirk brought up about the first season or the first west wing campaign like there might be problems with it but you still love watching the episodes these are not that this is just (laughs) schmaltz for schmaltz sake Um, Uh, which is which is parenthood at its worst let's be clear you and i both loved the good version of parenthood which we got about 40 percent of the time yes 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 agreed Um, Okay, so my last one is Veronica Mars, which Kirk somehow refuses to watch. I'll watch it. I don't understand. I watch so many movies and TV shows about Mars. It's just another one. (laughs) I know. I know. It's a lot. Katie, uh, I want you to know I left this one for you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So in the third season of Veronica Mars, which is sort of truncated because the show was abruptly canceled um veronica's father who used to be the elected sheriff of the town then lost that job because he doggedly pursued the most famous people in that town for the murder of their son so then he had to become a pi which is what he is for the duration of the show and veronica's his daughter she helps with whatever so at the end of season three or in the middle of it he's then asked to run for sheriff again and this other private detective Vinny van Lowe, who what's that actor's name jacob he's ken from, marino yes ken marino uh oh is gonna, i love that guy <laughs> yes is gonna run against him 
they um, apparently it is the most important thing happening in the town of Neptune because they get all sorts of press. The local news covers this like it's the presidential election. Um, they do radio interviews with Veronica's boyfriend, which doesn't feel particularly objective. Um, and then in the end, Veronica has broken into a house and gotten caught and then her dad uses his like police influence to try to cover it up and then that all comes out and so he doesn't win the election and then that's pretty much like the end of the show which is very abrupt and weird and veronica just like goes into a voting booth and walks away yeah, we don't learn the result of the election in the show. We only learned that in the movie years oh, later. Oh, God, is that right? I, t- to me, it's all kind of, like, blurred in my mind. Because remember, the show ends on her voting. Yeah, you're right. And walking away in the rain. You're right. We don't. We don't. Yeah. Anyway, it's, um... It is not, I would say, a particularly realistic look at how a local sheriff's election might go having Uh, run one no that's not accurate yeah it's you don't just go on the radio show of the candidate's daughter's boyfriend and that's like the big debate that that you had no uh no usually the legal women voters sets the big debate up Mm, okay okay um so i i don't know that i have a lot to say about it other than that like it's to me it marks the end of veronica mars which is always upsetting I, I also don't know why Keith would ever want to be the elected sheriff again, given that most of the show is sort of very anti-police, because um, he kind of steps away from the police department and does his own thing, and it's a very, like, the police department is portrayed as somewhat, like, bumbling throughout the whole series. So I, it doesn't, it's not a particularly, like, on-brand character development move in my mind but i don't know jacob what are your thoughts schmidt's in the police department (laughs) (laughs) um yeah not at this point (laughs) uh is he left by then yeah he's gone because remember he like uh he gives honestly I may need to rewatch the show. I don't remember a lot of what happens. Like all I know is I'm taking credit for getting you to watch this. Uh, this goes on the list of good things I have done in our friendship. Uh, yes, I mean it's my favorite show, maybe of all time. So agreed. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I don't really have like a really good way to sum it up in a campaign uh, lens, other than like it's an an example of. You know, local election not portrayed accurately because that's how it <laughs> the, usually goes. So at the end of three rounds, I do feel that these lists are very on brand for each of us. I took the two convention episodes and Parenthood. Katie took a bunch of CW shows <laughs> <laughs> or Freeform. And Kirk got us uh, some, what, some West Wing and Battlestar and... Uh, that's true. Uh, in HBO. Yeah. In HBO. In HBO. Yeah. Okay. I feel like we Yeah, are. no, no, no. Uh, so what's on, what's on, what's bring out your dad? What's on y'all's list okay. that didn't get mentioned here? Katie, you want to go first? Sure, I'll go first. Okay, so yeah. my honorable mention are also in Gilmore Girls, Paris <laughs> and Rory run for like student council and it's kind of a disaster. Um, but I don't remember a lot of details about it, which is why I didn't talk about it. Uh, the Good Wife, which is has like five campaigns. Yeah, I'm shocked this didn't get picked. I, but I've never seen it. I just didn't remember enough details of the individual campaigns. I mean, there is a whole character whose job it is to sort of like... He's a campaign manager, but he's also like a fixer. And it's... Um, it's very and it's um, Alan Cumming plays the character and he's oh, he sure. does a great job. Um, it's a lot of like Chicago big machine politics and I have no idea how much it taps into like anything that's real there. Um, I know that Juliana Margulies looks stunning in every scene she's in and that's kind of <laughs> what I remember about it. Um, 
And there's a lot of, like, interplay between, you know, uh, her and her husband. And they're, like, together but not together but together for the pictures. Anyway, but I don't remember a lot of details. The Wire, Carchetti. I kind of can't believe you guys should talk about that one. If Um, I was doing good, I'd have picked that one. Yeah. And then, um, obviously, the mayoral election of Riverdale, which, you know, we'll do a separate episode Classic television. Right. Such an amazing piece of work yeah so those are my those are my honorable mentions so uh i had a, i had a few that didn't get picked um uh the school election in arrested development between george michael <laughs> and uh, steve holt steve holt uh, where where Ann veal switches sides in the middle and uh joe makes a disastrous ad for george michael that features his star wars uh moves is it's not long enough for me to have picked but gosh is it like 10 brilliant minutes of tv and and george michael then loses to bart simpson and school sucks um uh, uh, so that 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 was on my list. The Wire was on my list. Um, the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror from 1996 oh, well, with sure. Kang and Kodos, um, yeah. uh, which uh, they're like it's, it's a basically I could system. just what are you gonna do? Throw your vote away. <laughs> um, which also features you know bob dole's uh the, the is it kodos as bob dole's famous abortions for none abortions for everyone abortions for some tiny american flags for others uh bit. and and the greatest political slogan of all time forwards not backwards upwards not downwards and forever twirling 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 towards freedom <laughs> Uh, and, and, and end perfectly with don't, with Homer saying, don't blame me. I voted for Kodos after humanity has been enslaved by Kang. It is so good. And like the best Simpsons weirdly hits at something real while at the same time being completely absurd. Um, it was going to take a long time until I picked this, but um, as much as the show went off the rails, there are some good moments in House of Cards. Yeah, I was wondering if that was even going to come yeah. up. Uh, the, 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 prime, the general uh, from the election they do it just descends into nonsense. The primary has some interesting moments and then House of Cards nonsense on top of it. Um, when that show stayed gra- more relatively grounded, it was phenomenal. When it went into its weird nonsense, it was not. Um, so yeah. uh, that is um, uh, that is that is my list. So I actually. Oh, have and part- also, sorry, I had one more. And uh, the TV show I know Kirk and I both liked, but I think didn't have room for was Battleground. Yeah. Which does a nice does a nice job of of portraying a senate race gets the characters and uh kind of office dynamic right but you know just doesn't quite hit the highs to have gotten on this list so on my list there's a bunch of little things there's actually a a ton of elections in the simpsons bart runs for class president at one point mr burns runs for governor at one point lisa runs for class president in an Evita based episode at one point. All of those are of varying degrees of good. Um, it, let's see here. Uh, family guy, Lois runs for mayor of Quahog on the, on the platform of nine 11 being bad <laughs> <laughs> and wins the election and then is forced to um, resign from office. Which reminds me, there's another Simpsons episode of the election. Homer runs for garbage collector on a pl- on a platform yeah. of why can't someone else do it, and spends the entire annual budget of the garbage collection agency in like three weeks. They end up having to actually move the city five miles down the road because he fills the entire city with trash from other municipalities in an attempt to fix his budget problems. Um, on Full House, Joey ran for school board, which was controversial really? because he wasn't a parent. <laughs> of God, a kid. I do not remember that. Jason <laughs> reminded me of that one. And uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, Heroes, the first season of Heroes, 
had an entire uh, plot line about somebody running for Congress, which is one of these absurd congressional uh, campaigns where there's like a thousand staffers in an office all busily working at computers doing something that it's not actually clear what the hell they're supposed to be doing. Um, talking about a show that went completely off the rails oh, yeah. very quickly. Absolutely. And then the last show I wanted to mention was Benson. Benson was a spinoff of the TV show Soap where the butler from the rich family on soap becomes the household manager for the governor of a state that is implied to be New York. He later becomes the state's budget uh, director and is appointed lieutenant governor. And when his boss, the governor, is term-limited out of running for re-election, he runs for governor. But then, for some reason, the governor jumps in as an independent, which doesn't make sense because that's not how term limit works. But the whole last season of the show is Benson and his boss running for governor against each other. And the show ends on election night with them sitting down and watching the election results together, having buried their differences. It was, you know, an interesting show. Oh, I just thought of one that I didn't watch enough of, but Spin City. There's like an election in Spin City. Yeah. Yeah, The mayor runs for Senate in Spin City, but drops out in between seasons. Um, that show's on for six years, and we never actually see the mayor run for re-election. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the less said about the 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 Glee congressional election that what sort of happens it? in the oh, Kurt's yeah, dad runs for Congress against right, Sue, and then he gets elected, and he, he's in Congress, but he's still there all the time, and he's still dressing in like the way he, I don't know. It doesn't make yeah, any yeah, sense. Yeah, Glee. Yeah. Glee was one good season and a bunch of crap. Yes. Yep. Yep. That is exactly how that should always be presented. Yes. Um, All right. Well, this was fun, guys. Yes. Uh, Okay. If you want to write to us and remind us of shows that we have forgotten, because I'm sure there is something out there that we, it's glaringly obvious that we all didn't think of, you can email us at icetownclowns at gmail.com or tweet us your response at icetownclownpod. You can go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash icetownclowns, or go to our website to download the episodes, www.icetownclowns.com. So in a couple of weeks, we will be back for the first episode of the fifth season. Ms. Woo. Nope goes to Washington. So please come by, listen to that episode once it gets posted. In between now and then, please go out there and leave us a review on the Apple Podcast Store, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. It'll help us grow our audience. And we really appreciate everyone who's been with us for the first four seasons. And we're looking forward to, to knocking out these last three. You've been listening to Icetown Clowns, a podcast that today was about other TV shows that we are at the end of, and that end is now.